Lord, thank you, Jesus. Uh, we just thank you now um, for the word that's going to go forth, Father. And we just pray that we'll come, we'll open up our hearts, Lord God, to hear the things you want to say through Jason, Lord, to us as a church. Lord, I pray you'll direct us and guide us, put your finger in any areas in our life, Lord, that you want us to let go of or receive blessing into, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, that's awesome. Please take a seat. I'm going to ask Pastor Jason to come up. Um, We've got an incredible relationship with Gateway Baptist Church and Pastor Jason is actually the, the senior pastor of this incredible church. Um, there's the main campus in um, Mackenzie and I think there's also four other churches, is that right, that is a link with you. This is a man who is very busy um, and does a lot of ministry outside of the church. So in a minute, we're going to encourage him incredibly, all right, um, but also just this year, was it this year? You were anointed, year. appointed and anointed. <laughs> Last year was called out to, um, to oversee the Queensland Baptist um, uh, movement. So I think it's called the Director of Movement. Is that correct? And it is a very big job. And so he's going to, it'll take a year until that fully launches into place. But it is a very big call to do that because um, this is a position where he'll be leading that direction of not just us as a church, but I think there's over 200 or no, how many churches in Queensland? 220 churches within the Queensland Baptist um, Union. And so we want to pray for this man right now. And then we're just going to give him massive encouragement. Does that sound good? You ready to do that? Let's lean in, Lord God. We want to thank you for Jace, Lord God. He works incredibly hard, Father, and pours out and gives so much for the work um, of your kingdom, Lord Jesus. I want to just pray that right now, he'll just know a fresh filling of your Holy Spirit, Lord God. Um, I know he's just come straight off a week of holiday and straight into speaking a sermon. So Lord, I just, I pray you anoint him and fill him afresh, Lord God. We know it's your power of your word speaking through him. Uh, But Lord, for this incredible um, uh, position you've given him, Father, Lord, I pray that we'll be a church, a a generation that seeks you in prayer to pray that this man will feel incredibly supported in his role, Lord Jesus. Um, Father, and I want to pray that you give him all the wisdom, all the discernment that's required. I love that, Lord. When you call us out, you give us everything that is required for the task you've called us. It's like that with Esther, Lord God, for such a time as this. And so, Lord, I pray he will know your anointing. Um, as he's had this appointment, Lord God. And so pray you'll bless him and encourage his soul as he speaks to us in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give him a massive encouragement to Jace. Bless you, mate. Thanks, Jono, and it is uh, great to be here. I, I, uh, I love this church. Uh, I would say with all honesty, since I've been in uh, Queensland in ministry for 16 years, there's no other church in, in all of Queensland that has blessed me more than Bridgie. So I want to say a big thank you to all of you and your leaders and the uh, just the incredible uh, heart for prayer and uh, just faith in the gospel and and. Uh, uh, desire to see you know, the lost in this community come to know Jesus. It truly is an inspiration to me, and I know that's true for many, many other people uh, around Brisbane, uh, across Queensland, and across Australia. Why don't we just put our hands together and thank Jesus for what he's doing in this church? And, and I'm looking forward to what God is going to do, you know, across our, our movement of uh, churches called Queensland Baptists uh, over the next few years as a, uh, to be honest, I, I started stepping 
towards this role only because I thought God was in it and I couldn't shake it. Uh, but over the last few months, God's just put an excitement and a passion in my heart for all that he's going to do. I haven't yet quite worked out how I'm going to do it, but I'm trusting that, uh, that he knows and he has a, a plan for me and a plan for all of us. I'm really excited about the future, but I'm also really excited about what God is going to do here tonight. Do you know God is here? God is here by his Holy Spirit. As we open his word and as we share his word together, as, we, as we're listeners of his word and doers of his word, you know, God is here in power and he's here to bring transformation uh, in our hearts and in our minds. And I really believe he wants to do that uh, tonight. I believe he wants to give us fresh revelation that will impact heart, mind, soul and strength. Anybody just want a fresh revelation of who Jesus is tonight? Come on, just give me a little wave and just say, hey, that's me. Cool, let's pray. Father God, would you, as we open uh, your word tonight, would you give us just fresh revelation of who you are? God, would you speak your living word into our hearts? Holy Spirit, we just say, you are welcome here. You are welcome here. Come and move amongst us. Would you speak to us tonight and would you give us the faith to take hold of your words of life tonight? I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've begun a new year. In fact, we've begun a new decade. Many of you have made New Year's resolutions. Just give me a little tiny wave if you've made a New Year's resolution at some stage. There's a bunch of you. Some of you just kind of just hand, just not, don't want to you know, let anyone know what that is. Maybe you uh, decided this year you want to get skinnier or stronger. That's me. It's me every year. Every year I set these ridiculous goals to get skinnier and stronger. It never happens. Or maybe you want to exercise more and watch less TV. Maybe you want to work less and play more. Maybe you want to give up something. Maybe you want to give up smoking or you want to give up snacking or you want to give up Snapchatting or you'd like to give up shoplifting. Just a show of hands, anyone wants to give up shoplifting in 2020. Or maybe there's something new that you don't want to give up but you actually want to learn to do. You know, you want to learn to sing or to sew or, or to surf or to sailboard or to sing or to skydive or maybe you're past skydiving and this is the year you really want to learn how to play shuffleboard and you're really looking forward to that in, uh, in 2020. Now there's something there's something, whether we make it as a resolution or not, all of us at this time of year, we just got something in our mind. We'd say, I'd like that to be new in 2020. You know, I, I, I didn't achieve it in 2019, but I'd, I'd like it to be new in 2020. Now, one of the reasons many of us didn't put up our hands or you know, out of embarrassment or you know, we don't want to tell anyone what it is is because we all know, you don't need me to tell you this, most New Year's resolutions fail because change is hard. Change is really hard. Habits are hard to break. You know, hurts are hard to heal. History is hard to erase. The, the new thing that you actually want to see happen in your life is probably a good thing. But change is really, really hard. 
Now, God doesn't say anything about New Year's resolutions in his word, but he does say right from the beginning to the very end a lot about making us new. He says, uh, he says I want to make you a new creation. I want to give you a new birth. I want to put a new heart within you. I want to put a new song in your mouth. You know, I actually want to make you new. Right at the end of the Bible, one of the things that Jesus says as his, as his final, you know, last words, as he sits upon his throne, he makes a declaration that I am making all things new. That's what I'm doing. It's my redeeming, restoring work in the world is to make all things new. You see, we have a God who is the same yesterday, today and forever. He never, ever changes, but He is a God of new beginnings. I guarantee you that there's something new that He wants to do in your life in 2020. He always has something new that He wants to do in our lives to make us more like Jesus. I've got no idea whether you will get skinnier or stronger this year. Please pray that I do, but I got no idea whether you will. I got no idea whether your parents are going to make you stop Snapchatting or you might get caught shoplifting. I don't know, you know, how, what, what's going to change in your life. What I do know, because the Word of God says it, is that God's got something new He wants to do in your life to make you more like Christ and it will happen in 2020 if you let Him. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you at the beginning of this year, there's some simple things that you can do to actually see God do something new in your life as we head into a new year. And I'd say, even though I am a chronic New Year's resolutioner, it's actually not a New Year's resolution that we need. It's actually, if we want to see real change in our lives, it's actually a new revelation of Jesus Christ that we need in our lives. It has incredible power in our lives. You see, a new revelation of Jesus actually leads to new life and a new life of serving Jesus. I believe, I believe there's some people in this room that God is going to release into a new ministry to shine light into dark places. I believe He's gonna confirm it for some of you tonight. I believe tonight here in this place, you're gonna hear a word of confirmation from God that he is actually calling you, calling you by name to be part of shining a light into dark places to help people see what God is like. You see, it's not a New Year's resolution that you need to make, but it's a new revelation of who Jesus is that will lead to a new life of serving him. If you've got a Bible, open it to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It says this, He, and that's Jesus, died for everyone so that those who receive His new life, new life that He's come to give us, will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they'll live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. No judgments, good idea. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. Listen to these words. How differently we know him now. Paul here is writing this. He says, we once, you know, viewed Jesus from a human point of view. He was a good teacher. He was a prophet. He was a miracle worker. He was a, he was a good bloke. Or, or maybe we saw him as an insurgent, a troublemaker, a crucified criminal. But we've come to know him. We, we've come to know this Jesus who made such a stir on the earth that it's still stirring the earth and stirring our hearts 2,000 years later. 
He's actually the Son of God. He actually died on a cross to forgive our sins. We've remembered it tonight all the way around the world 2,000 years later. And he rose from the dead on the third day and he is alive today and he is sitting on his throne and he is making all things new. He says, we've got this new revelation of Christ so we don't live for ourselves anymore. We don't live selfishly anymore because of this new understanding, because we see who he is now, because this new life that we've been given, we don't just live for ourselves anymore. We can't, we can't possibly live for ourselves. We live for him. We live to help others know him and to do his works on the earth. You see, change is hard, but if you have a new new revelation of Jesus Christ. He will change you. There will be change in the way that you live and the way that you serve Him. I had a revelation from heaven in church when I was 13 years old. I had a revelation from heaven. I'm sitting in the back row of a church in the western suburbs of Sydney and I saw a light come down from heaven. You know, I saw, you know, this revelation from heaven walk onto stage in a blue girls' brigade uniform. And it was in the 80s and she had, she had big, buffy hair. All, you know, if you lived in the 80s, it was kind of big hair sprayed, buffy hair, big wings. It was kind of like a big southerly blew up and it blow her away. But I saw her on stage as a 13-year-old boy dragged along to church as the first time I'd paid attention in church ever. And I'm sitting, I'm sitting in the back row and I saw an angel from heaven and I'm a awake and I'm looking just straight, you know, onto stage and I'm thinking, I am going to marry that girl. She is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And I did. She's sitting in the front row. Thankfully, (laughs) thankfully the buffy hair is gone. But she's just as hot today as a, as a 48-year-old grandma. I still love her. She's still a revelation from heaven to me. I tell you what happened. This, this is a true story. What happened when I saw this revelation at 13 changed my life. I, I started showering more than once a week. I, I, I went home to my parents and said, I, I want to get some new clothes. And I'd, t- I'd, I'd put them on and I'd go into my sister's room and I'd say, how do I look? And my sisters go, you know, what has happened to our brother? Where, where's this new person come from who actually takes pride in, in his appearance? I, I started brushing my hair. I, I put product in my hair. I can still, you know, hardly believe it. You know, my parents would look at me and go, we've got a new son. He's living a, a whole new life. You know, I actually started to use deodorant, you know, As a 13-year-old boy, these were big moves, big actions. And it wasn't because my mum had been nagging me for the last 12 years, which she had, and I paid absolutely no attention to her. It's because I saw a revelation from heaven. Change me. Change the way I lived. Now I'm telling you, half of the congregation here know what I'm talking about. They know the power of a revelation 
of a pretty teenage girl when you're a teenage boy. It's powerful. I don't care what age you are, what gender you are. When you get a revelation of who Jesus Christ is, when you get a revelation from heaven of the grace and the power of Jesus Christ, you won't need people nagging you to do stuff. You won't need people reminding you of what's important. It will change the way that you live. You don't need a new resolution this year. You need a new revelation. Peter needed a new revelation of Jesus Christ. In fact, he was one of the first people to understand who Jesus really was, to not see him from a human point of view. Jesus said to him, who do people say I am? And he said, oh, you know, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, you know, prophet, you know, a teacher, a great man of, of God. And Peter says, Jesus says to Peter, he says, well, who do you say I am? He says, you're the son of the living God. And Jesus says to Peter, this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood. This was not a revelation from other people. This was revealed to you by my Father in heaven. Because of this revelation, I now call you Peter, which means the rock. And on this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not be able to overcome it. Revelation, new call. Now, Peter, only days later, weeks later, stuffed up something supreme. The, the rock, the guy who, who was going to build the church who, and the gates of hell wouldn't be able to overcome it as Jesus was being led away to be crucified, the time that he actually needed his mate's help. Peter and the rest of them disappeared. And, and Peter, who said, Jesus, I got your back. I'm your man. When a young teenage girl, a 13-year-old girl probably, came to him and said, you're with Jesus. You're one of them. Peter says, Jesus who? I have no idea who you're talking about. Not just once, twice. Someone said, you're with Jesus. No, no idea who he is. Three times before the rooster crowed. You're with Jesus. No, not me. I don't know who he is. The rock. The guy that Jesus says, on you, I'm going to build my church. Gates of hell will not be able to overcome it. And Peter's left despondent. He's disappointed. His head's down. The, 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 the dream is over. He goes back to fishing, doing what he was doing before Jesus came and called him in the first place. And they're out there fishing. All of the disciples just gone back to their old way of life. They've stuffed up. It's all over. I love the picture in John at the end of his gospel when Jesus turns up who's been deserted by his friends and he stands on the beach and they're out in, in, the, in the water fishing just like they were before. And just like they were before, they fished all night and caught nothing. And just like the first time he called them, he said, throw your nets over the other side. And they caught an enormous catch of fish. And as they come into shore, you can imagine Jesus has every right to point a finger and said, you let me down. He had every right to berate them. He had, he had every right to, to just tear strips off them and make them feel small. And what does the son of the living God do? He lights a fire and he cooks breakfast for his mates. Incredible grace. 
And he takes hold of, I don't know this for sure, but this is what I picture. He takes hold of Peter by the shoulders, who's denied him three times, and says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, I love you. He says, good, get on with it. Feed my sheep. Do what I told you to do. Second time, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Jesus, I love you. Good, get on with it. Feed my sheep. Do what I told you to do. Third time. So he recreates the miracle out in the water. And then the third time, just like Peter denied him three times, he says, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, yes, Jesus, you know I love you. Okay, get on with it. Feed my sheep. What Peter is doing, what Jesus is doing in that moment is Peter is despondent, his head's down, he knows he's messed up. Jesus is saying, I'm the God of second chances. Lift up your head. He grabs him by the shoulders. He says, if, if you love me, get on with it because I still love you. I reckon there's some of you, tonight, your head's a little down. You're a little despondent. You know you've messed up. You know you've done what you said you're never gonna do again. You, you got the same old habits, the same old struggles, and, and you're feeling a little despondent. I, I believe tonight, Jesus is wanting to lift some of your heads and grab you by the shoulders and say, do you love me? And if your answer is yes, Jesus, I love you, he's saying, good, get on with it because I still love you. It'll never run out. I tell you, when I was 19 years old, I needed that revelation of Jesus and it changed my life. I, I came to a point in my life where I kind of had one foot in the world and one foot in the church and, and I wasn't happy. Life was just a mess. I was chasing after all of these things that I thought were gonna make me happy and they didn't make me happy. And I had a revelation at 19 years of age that there was a God in heaven who loved me more than what I'd ever imagined and there was absolutely nothing I could do to stop him loving me. And even though I was trying to do some things to make up for the bad things that I did, there was nothing I could do that could make him love me anymore. At 19, I got a revelation of the grace of God shown to the world through Jesus Christ and I've not been able to shut up about him ever since. No one's had to tell me to do it. I just can't stop. Some of you tonight just need a revelation of the God of second chances who lifts your chin, grabs you by the shoulders and said, I still love you. Paul, who wrote 2 Corinthians, different story. If Peter's walking around with his head down, knowing he's messed up, Paul's got a swagger. Now, I'm not good at swaggering. You know, I, I, am the, I am the original white boy who can't dance and I can't swagger. You know, I had a little practice this afternoon before I came here trying to swagger and I can't swagger. This is my best swagger, all right? I reckon Jono could probably swagger. He looks like he's got a bit of swagger about him. I, I can't, but this is the way Paul's walking around. Paul's got his head up and his shoulders back and his chest out. You know, he's the man. He doesn't need a saviour. He doesn't need Jesus. In fact, you know, he was delighted to see that Jesus, the troublemaker, crucified. And now he was doing his very best to wipe out any of his followers that were still left. And he's walking on the road to Damascus. And I picture him walking with a swagger. I'm here to beat you, Jesus. I'm here to wipe this out once and for all. He's living an egocentric life. And he doesn't have a revelation of Jesus just lifting his chin and grabbing him by the shoulders. He has such a powerful revelation of Jesus. Jesus knocks him on his backside. 
the man who's got it all together, thought he was righteous before God because of his own good works, gets knocked on his backside by this powerful revelation of Jesus and he's looking up into such a bright light that it completely blinds him. And he's got no idea who the risen Jesus is. But he knows he's the most powerful thing, most powerful person he's ever seen. He simply says, who are you, Lord? He says, I'm Jesus who you've been persecuting. And Jesus blinds him for a time. But in this revelation, he says, I've got a new call for you. You are going to be a light to the Gentiles. You are going to go into dark places that have never, ever heard about me. And you are going to tell people about me. And it's going to transform people's lives. And it was such a powerful revelation. Paul, who's living this egocentric life, it's all about him. Thought he had it all together. Spent the rest of his life. Just say, I don't care about all that other rubbish anymore. All I want to know is Jesus Christ. I want to join in his sufferings and I want to know the power of his resurrection in my life. I don't care about anything else. And he is the man who was once murdering Christians, who was once doing his very best to wipe out the church, has become the man who has shone a light on who Jesus is to more people in more places throughout the world through his writings and through his his ministry than any other person other than Jesus in the history of the world. If you're here tonight and you're thinking, you're kind of measuring, you know, what Jesus can use you to do to help other people see what He's like in the world. You're measuring it according to your goodness, whether you're walking around with a swagger like Paul or, or whether, you know, you're thinking there's not much Jesus can call me to do because, you know, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so hopeless, I'm no good at anything. Both of those attitudes are an egocentric life. And you need a revelation of who Jesus is. The light of the world. The one with, with all power and dominion and might. If he can use a terrorist like Paul, he can use you. I just believe there's some young people particularly here. I don't think it's just young people. There's some young people particularly here. And I believe he's just, just putting a passion in your heart to be a light for the gospel. And for some of you, you're going to be a light for the gospel in your family. And for some of you, and, and right now it's a dark place. For some of you, it's a light for the gospel in our school. And can I just, in your school, can I just say our schools desperately need you to shine a light on who Jesus is. And he can use you. If he can use Peter, if he can use Paul, he can use you. Some of you are going to go into university. There's a call on some lives here that are going to go around the globe. And you're going to take the gospel to people who haven't heard it yet. Can I tell you, you want a revelation of who Jesus is, of his grace and his power? Can I make this really simple tonight? Really simple. You're going to think, why do they bother getting this bloke here to tell us this? You want a revelation, a new revelation of who Jesus is that will transform your life? Read the Bible. I mean it. I, I, I really mean it with all my heart. 
This is the revealed word of God that reveals to us who Jesus is. As you read it every day, he's gonna reveal himself to you. It'll transform your life. I, I get the privilege of going around the world, visiting some of our gateway missionaries that are doing incredible works around the world. When I ask them, how did you get here? I, I, everywhere, somewhere in their story, there's some other things I don't need to talk about that's always in their story too, but one of the things that's always in their story is I actually started reading my Bible. I stopped just playing church and I actually started to read my Bible and to pray every day. And he just put this passion in my heart and I couldn't. I couldn't put it away. Let me, really simple. My time's running out, but I tell you the most personally transforming spiritual discipline for me in the last 15 years is I, just, is I use the SOAP method of Bible reading. I just read one chapter of scripture a day. And I just read that chapter. And sometimes I gotta read it a few times till there's just one verse that just I believe God's speaking to me about. And I take the time to actually write that verse out word for word in my journal. Scripture. Oh, is for observation. God, what are, you, what are you saying in this? What is it that you wanted me to take notice of? What are you saying in this scripture? A, application. What are you calling me to actually do? How do I obey this word? P is prayer. I just write out the prayer that's in my heart, that God's put in my heart for that day. It has transformed my life. It's where revelation after revelation after revelation of who Jesus is has come for me. Can I encourage you? I really wanna speak to young people. I know it's not cool to read your Bible anymore, but there is a whole bunch of cool ways you can do it. You want a revelation. You wanna be part of, of changing people's lives here and around the world with the good news of Jesus. Read your Bible every day. It'll change you. Secondly, a new relationship with Christ makes you a new creation in Christ. This is a great verse. It says, this means anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. Let me read it in a different version. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Who, who has memorized that verse at some time in their life? They know that verse. Put your hand up if you cross-stitched it on your wall. Come on, you've got a cross-stitch hanging somewhere on your wall. There's always one. Someone's got it on their wall for sure. Hey, down there, also, I knew there'd be one. Someone's always got it cross-stitched on your wall. These days, we put it on screensavers. We've got it, you know, on a background on our phone. It's one of those verses. It's an encouraging verse. In Christ, we've got a new relationship. New creation has come. Old has gone. On, new as calm. What a powerful promise. I also find some people get depressed by this verse. Because we look at our lives and we go, I still got some old rubbish hanging around. The old's supposed to be gone. I'm not supposed to be all new. I still got old habits. I got old hurts. I got old attitudes. I got old behaviors and they're not all gone yet. And what we start to think is maybe Jesus isn't that powerful after all. Or, or maybe just Jesus doesn't really work for me. And then where it leads to eventually is, or maybe Jesus doesn't love me because this isn't working for me. I, I wanna give you just three words that are in this verse that are both an encouragement and a challenge for you. I hope you get encouraged. I hope you get a challenge. A challenge. The three words are this, begun, Belong, become. Say them with me. Begun, 
belong, become. I'm going to need you to get a little bit louder as we go, okay? So just have a look at the screen. Who can tell me what this is? Just photo up on the screen, first photo. There we go. Okay, come on, just yell it out. What do you think that is? A witch? A chicken? A penguin? An eagle? Albatross? Okay, it's a little bit hard to tell, isn't it? We kind of got, you know, maybe the vicinity, but can we all agree a new life has? It has a family to which it? It's actually called the Asapetridae family that it belongs to. But you know, a new life has begun. It belongs to a family that will encourage it, nurture it, protect it. But one day God has put within it, within this new creation, the potential to become a mighty eagle that will fly higher and soar further than any other bird that he's created. It was all within that flightless little fluff ball, even though it was a little bit hard to tell what it was gonna become. Have a look at the next one. Who can tell me what, uh, what this is? Yell it out. Uh, a mole, sloth, any other ideas? Kangaroo. Everyone's whispering but not going to yell it out because they think I'm going to look silly. Can we all agree a new life has? There's a family to which it? It will nurture it, protect, protect it. It's called the Ursidae family. But this ugly little kangarooey, possumy, slothy looking thing will actually one day become a beautiful panda bear. Yeah, everyone all over the world says, ah, you know, the panda bear only exists in this tiny little dot in this couple of mountains in China. There's only about 2,000 of them left in the wild, but people all over the world know this thing because it's so beautiful. New life had begun. It needed family to protect it within it. It's the potential to become something incredibly beautiful. One more, just have a look at this. If you get this one right, I'll give you a free book. Anyone know what this is? Tree, a fruit tree? Tree of some sort? Okay, can we all agree a new life has? There's a family to which it? It's called the Cupressaceae family. But this puny little weed will one day become a strong sequoia tree, 85 metres tall, can live to 3,000 years old, incredibly strong within this new life as this family of trees protects it in a forest. It's actually got the potential in it from God to become one of the strongest, tallest things on the earth. This is what I want you to understand. This new new life, this new panda, this new eagle, this new sequoia is not sitting there going, oh, I've got to, I've got to try harder to become stronger and more beautiful and, and more mighty. No, it's got to be placed in the right environment. It's got to be placed in an environment, in a family where it's protected, it's nurtured to actually become all that God's put within it, to become one more photo. Who do you think this might be? Any ideas? Baby. Someone said a sloth, thank you very much. That's me. That's me 47 years ago in Hornsby Hospital. 
you know, I was born, none of you could have, you know, if I wasn't standing up the front, none of you would have picked it. I belong to this family. They're, they're a family of nut jobs and they, uh, they've, they've protected me and they've nurtured me, encouraged me somehow. I don't know how, but I've also for the last 16 years belonged to this family called Gateway Baptist Church. It's a church family just like this one. I've been there for 16 years. It's, this family's nurtured me, encouraged me, prayed for me. And I actually hope in 16 years that I've actually become a bit more like Jesus by placing myself in this environment, by putting my roots down, allowing people to come around me and shave off some of the rough edges to encourage me, pray for me, protect me, nurture me, help me to become the person that God's called me to be. This is the encouragement and the challenge. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, new life's begun. Nothing and no one can change that. No one can take you out of God's hands. Nothing can change it. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. There's a family to which you belong. It's the family of God. Nothing and no one can change that. You are part of the family of Christ if you've got faith in Christ. And who God has called you to become, He's put it within you. And if you'll put yourself in the right environment, week by week, year by year, decade by decade, you will become all that God's designed you to be. All of the beauty, all of the strength, all of the mighty acts of valour that He's calling you to do. It'll all come to be, but you need to place yourself in the right environment. This is a great church if I lived on the north side of Brisbane, and I hope Jesus never calls me there, but if I did, <laughs> if I did, if I had to go to the dark side, I'd come to this church. This is a great church. I hate hearing people say, God really spoke to me this morning or tonight. I almost didn't come. Why? What do you mean you almost didn't come? Why would you not come? Can I just encourage you? You want to become all that God's caused you to be. You've got to put yourself in the right environment. Jesus thought he needed to be in the synagogue every week. It was his ritual. It's what he did every single week. If the Son of God needed to do it, I'm telling you, you need to do it. Be here every week. Put yourself in an environment. There's something beautiful, there's something mighty, there's something strong. God wants you to become more and more every year, but you've got to put yourself in this family. Let people encourage you, protect you, nurture you to become all that He's called you to be. Lastly, this old message of reconciliation through Christ actually gives new life to others. We can't hold on to this new life for ourselves. It's such good news. It's such a privilege being in the family of God. We can't hold on to it for ourselves. We've got to share it with others. This is what it says. All of this is a gift from God. It's by His grace we have this. Who brought us back to Himself through Christ and God's given us this task of reconciling people to Him. It's only God that can do it, but we've been given a task to be part of it. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we're Christ's ambassadors. God is making His appeal through us. We speak for Christ. When we plead, come back to God. 
For God made Christ who'd never sinned to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Do we get the gravity of this? God is making an appeal through us. We speak for Jesus Christ when we plead, come back to God. God is making his appeal through us. He uses us to reconcile people back to himself, to point people to Jesus, who is the one who has made a way for all people to come back to God. We've got a part to play. We can't keep this new life to ourselves. He's making an appeal through us. This is a season of backyard cricket. Are we got any cricket lovers here? No, no one. And Bridgie loves cricket. Okay, my family, we, we love playing cricket at Christmas time. It's about the only time we play cricket these days, but for some reason or other, we still do tradition every year. We play backyard cricket and we get very, very passionate in backyard cricket. There's a lot of noise. Now, what happens in cricket when somebody who's batting makes a mistake or breaks the rules or they, they do something wrong? We make an appeal. An appeal. We make an appeal. In my backyard, it's a passionate appeal. There's all different types of appeals that we can make. You know, there is the pleader. It's kind of like, that? We're pleading, pleading for the right answer, pleading for the right decision to be made. The next one, there is, uh, it's another type, it's the next photo. Another type of appeal, I call this the, the star jumper. You've got to choreograph with the whole family and our whole family does this regularly. When we get excited, when we get passionate, it's hazard! Anyone else do this in their backyard? It's just me. This is, this is troubling. Must be a south side of Brisbane thing. There's one more. I call this one the pants splitter. Very passionate. Huzzah! You've got to be wearing your stretch chinos to do this one, else it can be very embarrassing in church. Actually, I think this has been very embarrassing already. I've made a fool of myself. And it's the reason some of us do not make an appeal for people to come back to God. We're worried about making a fool of ourselves. We are. I get it. I know it's not easy, but it's the only thing that can give this world new life. It's the only thing that can bring change. I still believe the gospel is the only thing that can change a human heart. This world is a mess. Our world, our city, this suburb desperately needs to hear the good news about Jesus who has done everything that he needs to do on a cross. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God, so that we could be made right with God. We could come back into relationship with God, be reconciled to God and he could do his, his work of recreating and making us new how he originally made us to be. It is the hope of the world. It is the hope for Brisbane. And God is making His appeal through you and through me. And there's all different types of appeals, just like in cricket. Some of you, you don't feel guilty about it. Find the appeal that just gets your heart racing. For some of you, maybe you did this over Christmas, you invited someone to a Christmas service and your heart was racing as you invited them. You loved them coming along. Keep doing that. Keep making that appeal. 
Some of you love pointing to people, put people to Scripture, helping them to understand what the Scriptures mean. And your heart's alive, your heart's racing, you know the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Keep doing that. You know, some of you actually love, you know, defending the gospel intellectually and your heart gets alive. You love it, keep doing that. Some of you couldn't think of anything worse than doing that. And you just love to put your arm around people as they're doing it tough and as they're crying and just praying that they'd know the peace and the comfort of God in a supernatural way and your heart comes alive. Keep doing that. Whatever way you make an appeal, can I just encourage you? Do it passionately. I, hate, I love sport in Australia. It's one of the things I love. What I hate is I go to sporting matches and we're more passionate about a little red ball or a funny-shaped you know, blow-up ball than we are about Jesus in the church. Make a passionate appeal. There are people all around you who desperately need the new life that you've discovered in Christ that can never be taken away from you. God's gonna do something new in your life this year. Share it with others. Help others find that new life. I wanna finish tonight. I'm gonna get the band to come up and I wanna make an appeal. It's a simple appeal. I'm just gonna ask if you're here tonight and you're not sure in this scripture here, it says that God no longer counts his sins against us. If you're here tonight and you're not sure whether your sins still count against you, whether you're still gonna stand before God and you're gonna have to make account for your sins, you're gonna have to try and make up for them in some way because you've never asked God to forgive you, you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ who went to a cross to forgive your sins once and for all. Or maybe it's something you did a really long time ago, but you've walked away from God and for one reason or another, at the start of this year, you've walked back into church just trying to work things out. Or maybe you've just come with a friend tonight. But tonight, you put your faith in Jesus Christ. I can lead you in a prayer in just a minute. A new life will begin. Over time, you'll become all that God's intended for you to become. But a new life will begin. He will no longer count His sins against you because He made His Son who knew no sin become sin for you so that you could be right with God. It's good news, people. I wanna give you an opportunity. I ask everyone to close their eyes and just bow their heads tonight. If you're here tonight and you're not sure whether your sins are counting against you, but you'd like to ask Jesus to forgive your sin. You wanna ask Jesus to be your Saviour, to be your Lord, to actually come into your life and, and, and make you new, begin a new relationship and begin changing you into all that He's intended you to be. I just love to pray a prayer with you. Everyone's eyes are closed and heads bowed. If you'd like to pray that prayer with me tonight, can I just get you to raise your hand wherever you are, just so I can see it, just so I know who I'm praying with. Just raise your hand, bless you up the back, bless you guys. I see those hands. Who else tonight? You just say, that's my prayer. Whether you're young or old here tonight, just stick your hand up, just say, I'm praying with you. I'm part of this prayer. Bless you, mate, that's a good man, good man. God's gonna do something good. Bless you out the back. I see those hands. Bless you. Who else tonight? You wanna join these people in praying? Tonight's your night saying, I don't want my sins to count against me. Anybody else? Yeah, right out the back. Good man, good man. Cool, I can see those hands. You can put them down. If that's you, good man. If this is you tonight, just pray along with me. Just in the, in the quietness of your own heart. Father God, just thank you for your everlasting love for me.
I'm sorry for the way that I've sinned against you. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. I ask tonight that you would forgive my sins. God, would you make me new? I want a new relationship with you. I want to follow you as my Lord and Saviour from this day forward. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, put your hands together, church, for uh, all those people. Scripture tells us there's rejoicing in heaven. Rejoicing in heaven. Can I encourage you? I know that uh, Bridgie have got some uh, gifts for you. John, I might tell you how to get them in a minute. It's the Bible to help you get going. Get, get going, reading the Bible. Get plugged into church here. This is a great church, I promise you. You won't, uh, you won't be disappointed and God will do something great in your life. Let's stand together. We're, uh, we're going to sing a song that I've loved singing in our church last year. And I've seen lots of churches singing it. I know you've been singing it here. Uh, it's just a, a declaration song. I love declaration songs. God, you're, you're one who makes a way where there is no way. You're one who shines a light into the darkness. You're the one who keeps your promise for all of eternity. And we just declare together, even when I can't feel it, I trust you, God. I trust you, God, that you're at work. Hey, I just, I love hanging out with young people. I'm an old grandpa now. I'm almost as old as my wife. She's a little bit older than me. But I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm an old grandpa these days, but I love hanging out with young people. It's so good to see so many young people in this room as I walked in as a sign of a great church when there's this many young people here. I just love... If there's some, some young people here tonight, you just say, as I'm heading back to school, as I'm heading back to uni, as I'm heading back into my workforce, I want to be a light for the gospel. I want God to do something new in my life. I, I, and I want to bring new life to others. If that's you, can I just encourage you as we start to sing this song, just come and stack the front down here. I'd love just to pray over you if I could. I'd love to just pray that God's Spirit will fall on you, that this would be a year where you get a new revelation of the power and the grace of Jesus Christ and you can't help but shut, you can't shut up about it. You can't help tell people about it because you love Him so much. There's some of you here like that already and then there's just a hunger in you to, to give new life to others. Come on, if you just wanna be a light, a light in your school, a light in your university, a light in your workplace. Just as we sing this song, just walk in the front. Just a couple of minutes, I want to pray. Blessing over your knowledge. Just start coming. Come on, come on. Let me pray for you before we just continue this song. Just put your hands out. Just receive from the Holy Spirit tonight. It's no, it's no accident you're here tonight. It's no accident that God's brought you down the front here. He's doing something. He wants to deposit something in your heart, in your mind, in your soul. He wants to strengthen you tonight. God, by your Holy Spirit, would you fall afresh on these beautiful people, these servants of yours that, you're, that you love. These people are your kids. They're your friends. You love them. You've called them by name. You know exactly who they are. You know exactly what their future is. All the days ordained for them were written in your book before one of them came to be. God, tonight, would you fill them with your Holy Spirit? God, fill them with power. Fill them with strength. God, I pray that you'd fill them with an overwhelming joy to share your good news. 
God, it would come out with a smile. It would come out with just a, a radiant laugh, even though they're nervous, even though they're not sure the words they're going to say next. God, the love of God would just flow out of them. They would testify in your power. God, the power of your Holy Spirit. And God, even as they step out in faith and their faith steps seem feeble sometimes, they'd be absolutely overwhelmed at what you can do with a little tiny mustard seed of faith. God, I pray for miracles in families. I pray for miracles in workplaces, in schools, in universities, that a light of your goodness and your grace and your power would shine afresh out of your people and many would come to know you. God, I pray over this church, God, that there would be a miraculous catch for the Kingdom. God, there'd be a miraculous catch for the Kingdom. God, many, many, there'd be too many. It's hard to believe that this building could get full already. But God, I pray just like those nets were full, this building will fill with people getting welcomed into this place, getting healed by You, Jesus, and getting understanding that You are the King. You are healer and Saviour. Bless this church, God. Bless these young people. I pray in Jesus' Name. When there's surrender, uh, surrender gives way to great faith. And I believe there's a, a real sense of faith in this place. Do you believe that? Do you sense it? We want to be a people constantly taking our knee before God and saying, God, less of us, more of you. I love that Matthew 5. that actually says, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and His rule. Come on, can we give a shout of praise to God? What an incredible God, He's faithful. And now can we thank uh, Pastor Jason, um, an obedient servant for God. Just a couple of things as we, we wrap up. Um, you can actually get one of Jason's books. Um, this is it, Jesus the Bloke. You can get that out the front. Um, and that is a book he's written. Jason is one of the blokes I've ever met in my life. Um, and so he probably knows what it means to be a bloke, but he's met Jesus and he realises what it means to be changed. The other thing is, if you've had an encounter with God tonight or you want to know more about God, we want to give you one of these packs. If you had anything that's taken place in your life um, tonight, please don't rush off. We come up the front, there's pastors, there's prayer teams up here with love to just pray for you. We'd love to give you one of these Bible packs just a bit of information and then we'd love to connect with you because we want to do the journey with you. Does that sound good? So make sure you do that. Um, if you'd like extra prayer for things, please hang around. I'm going to pray. Um, don't rush off um, and just hang around, do community, do life. But let me pray and then we can go out. Uh, Lord Jesus, I want to thank you. Incredible night, uh, full of your Holy Spirit. Uh, thank you for Jace, Lord God, um, giving up time, Lord, to come uh, when he's got a busy church of his own to come and speak. Lord, and I thank you for his willingness to open his heart to allow your Holy Spirit to speak through to us. Lord God, and I love an image of people up the front surrendered to your cause. Lord, we need more of that to see a generation change. And so, Father, fill us by your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray as we go out this week, will you fill us afresh by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. That is awesome. Thanks for coming through. Come through next week, and we want to keep pressing into the things of God. Be blessed. Uh, have an awesome week.